Life gets hard sometimes, so grab your weighted blanket and let's talk about it. There we are. What key was that in? Uh, there we are. There, there was like A. Did you all know that Jackie has perfect pitch? I did not know this. This is, we learn something new about our co-hosts any day. So that's Jackie. And that's Julia. And this is Weighted Blanket Happy Hour. The show where we talk about anxiety with friends. Mm, And today we have a very special, wonderful friend with us. We are joined today by the one and only E.M. Davis. Welcome. Yay. Thank you for having me. This feels so fun watching you do it. It feels like I'm like part of I'm like a, I'm like an OnlyFans thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just get to watch you live. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> can you, Jackie? Can you add that to the agenda? We need to start an OnlyFans. Oh, start an OnlyFans. I mean, start an OnlyFans. We, yeah. got, we got to make money some way. Now that they've screwed over <laughs> sex workers, we may as well just like go. go oh fuck yeah. Oh, it, am I allowed to swear? Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we are We are explicit. Okay, cool. I literally can't not swear, so cool. go ahead. No, not when you're talking about anxiety <laughs> and mental health issues. No. I mean, no, it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, others may not know, but you are a, a dear friend of ours um, in the in the Chicago theater community and, and outside of it as well. So um, I was so excited when not to only, not only to like, just to know that you are a fan of the podcast just is mm-hmm. like one of the biggest compliments I think in 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 my, my short podcast career. <laughs> um, and I want to I want to thank you for the 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 um the review that you left us on Apple Podcasts. We do have to quickly oh yeah ask and beg our listeners. We are at eleven ratings right now. I would love to be at twenty. I just want twenty. I know there are at least twenty of you out there listening. So twenty is accomplishable. Please do as our dear friend mm-hmm. um, Elise did. Also, we actually have one from um, uh, we have a new one um, from a friend of mine who he said that I broke his brain when I swiftly and accurately summed up the disparity in the country by dropping knowledge that it'd be faster for Jackie to get a gun than it would be for her medication. That's that's what that's what I'm here for. I remember for. that episode. Mm-hmm. I remember that episode. Um, thank you for the review. So please keep them coming. Um, yeah, that's that's all. I'm, we're just gonna keep talking about it until it happens. Yeah, there you so, go. So, but yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so E, like, like, tell us, like, what what brings you here today? <laughs> the therapy question. I, yeah, therapy question. So it's been uh, a pandemic has been a uh, capital J journey. For me, Absolutely. I feel like I I entered it uh, as Elise Marie Davis female, and I will hopefully be exiting the pandemic if you know the Delta variant doesn't continue to fuck up so many things. Um, as EM Davis, they them uh, non-binary, so it's been it's been a journey. Um, I think theater um, allowed me to sort of keep moving and not sit with my thoughts, which I realized I was actively ignoring for a very long time. Um, So real though. But yeah, I very real. Yeah. Well, and I feel between the podcast and um, I read Rachel Bloom's book who had, who was the creator of crazy ex-girlfriend. Love. Um, Mm. I don't know if either of you watched that. She had the book is so wonderful. And she goes into this whole chapter that devolves into her sort of like finding out her OCD 
Mm. And she talked about like, hey, like fixating on something. And she is a people pleaser. And, you know, she had so many fans, but there were like, you know, obviously haters because people are assholes um, on the internet. And she would overtly fixate on these people. And she's like describing all of these things. And I'm like laying there with like a fake fire going. And I literally just put the book down and I was like, fuck. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that is, that is me. All of these, all of these things that, that she is writing about is, is me. Um, and so that's sort of really uh, started it <laughs> in terms of like this journey of like, oh, I have definite deep anxiety and OCD that my, my dad definitely has as well, um, mm. that we would just call other names, like beating a dead horse, like, you know, lovely sayings like that. Yeah, um, right. But, Things that are um, not clinical and put the onus on you for being a bad person as opposed to a thing, a coping mechanism that your brain has developed. You know, all that good shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very real, though, because like, I feel like we all had those of us who were, you know, lucky enough to not face dramatic instability, you know, d- checking privilege there. The Those of us who mm-hmm. were, you know, just like alone in our apartments, we all got left the fuck alone with our thoughts. And I, I completely concur. I also had a hell of a journey. <laughs> They're so loud. <laughs> They're just so loud, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm tired all the time. I'll finally yeah. have energy. And then I got more tired. Surprise, it was depression. <laughs> yep. Gotta love that. Where I'm like, why am I so fucking exhausted all the time? And I just want to sleep. <laughs> well, yeah. Did I tell you? I don't remember if I talked about this on wine night. For our listeners, we all have a wine night. Anyway, uh, I don't remember if I talked about this on <laughs> wine night. I literally went to the doctor at one point, And I was like, I'm tired all the time. And I'm like 25. Like, what's wrong with me? And they tested, like, my endocrine system. They, like, d- gave me a blood test for anemia. Like, they tested my thyroid. They did all this shit. And they were just like, I don't know. You just kind of, like, are tired. Sometimes people are tired. And I'm like okay they were like basically like cool good luck (laughs) it was depression (laughs) well I feel like doctors need to have because I I recently had my uh physical because I had realized uh that I'd run out of birth control and I was like fuck me uh so I I set up my uh don't fuck me don't fuck me right now (laughs) yeah it's like don't fuck me yet (laughs) wait 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 um and so you know they go through all those questions and it's like super fast where it's like how much alcohol do you drink? Like how much, you know, we do smoke. Uh, do you have pseudocidal thoughts yes or no? And you just keep going. And I think there's this whole nurses are amazing and they are wonderful. My sister is one of them. Um, I know uh, Julia's mom uh, yeah. was a, a fairy godmother um, in terms of that during COVID times. Um, I feel like there's still not enough knowledge and education in the system because I have never felt comfortable being like, yes, I have had suicidal thoughts or yes, I feel incredibly like alone <laughs> in those moments because they're about to be like, well, the doctor will be here in five minutes. And I'm like, well, cool. So if I say this in this moment and actually act truthful, like wh- what are you going to do? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what you would do. You'd sort of be like, okay, do you want help? And it's like, I don't fucking know. It's like, I'm still trying to figure out my thoughts. And like, it just... I I think it just all goes back and I know that you all have talked about a bunch of just like mental health being an active conversation and the amount mm-hmm. of high functioning people that have mental health issues is I think a lot more than we 
actually believe and oh totally because you know. mm-hmm. it's like yeah. we we tend to treat like you know you need help with a mental health disorder like when it's like when it's it's actively ending your life like when your anxiety is so bad that you can't leave your house or when your depression is so bad that you lose mm-hmm. your job because you can't get out of bed only when we reach crisis point do you know we as a society what we're trained to believe we're, we're, we're trained to only address it then where it's like no man like it, it ruins your life in little ways yeah little well, everyday yeah. things yeah anything that is it's it's very polarizing like either either you're fine or you are you, yeah like you are just like a crazy <laughs> i was gonna be gentle but yeah that like hanging on by a thread <laughs> And anything in between is just, well, you're just overreacting. You're just not trying hard enough. Did you drink water? Did you get enough sleep? Do you take your vitamin supplements? It's like, no, I can't stop. I can't turn off the conspiracy theories in my head. Well, I'm like, I, I am a big <laughs> yep. advocate for like, you should you should treat yourself kindly first and see how that impacts you. But if that shit's not impacting you, that's okay. And it's not your fault. And you can go ask for help. It's also hard to treat yourself kindly when you don't have a model for that. Like Bro. my, like watching my parents, like yes. not only were my parents hard on me, but they are very hard on themselves. I, I love my parents, but they have some, really toxic negative toxic negative self-talk that it Mm -hmm. like only up until recently I learned like oh I actually don't have to talk to myself like this I actually can change the tone and the way that I treat myself in my own head yeah had no I thought I was just stuck in you know resting bitch face to myself for the rest of my life and it turns out I can be just as kind and gentle to myself as I am to my dear lovely friends (laughs) Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so kind and gentle to you. You're very kind and gentle. One Thank time you tried to insult me as a joke and then immediately apologized. <laughs> That's right, I did. <laughs> I did. Well, I did. And- it was a good joke, and then I just, I just, I know, I, I take it back. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, and it sucks because I think we, we have all definitely got on this train of like, we are fucked because of our parents. But I'm like, if our parents weren't supported either, like. Of course, the system is, like, deeply perpetuating itself. I mean, like, I can say this because my dad will never probably listen. But, like, he lost both of his parents and by the time he was 21. And he watched his three-year-old brother get hit by a car and killed. And he is not oh. in therapy. And he really, really should be. That's um, He deeply, would be. deeply should be. Um, because I think he was of that generation where he grew up as a farmer and it was that, like, you tuck it away and you just keep fucking going. And, like, that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know for a fact that my mother definitely has undiagnosed ADHD because she is flighty as fuck. And it's, like, the family joke. And, like, it just – it's it's hard because it's clear that they did not learn from their parents and – because their parents were like the deep, deep boomer, like World War One people. And so like they were a thousand percent not talking to each other. Like our generation was like sort of through like the 70s. But like and then. So it's just I think it's just like this perpetual nature. And I think because therapy is seen as like the one stop shop end all be all as we're talking about, like. I have officially, and this is me advocating for therapy when I am not actively with a therapist nor have been, but it's, 
it's been on my to-do list for a very long time and I just need to do it because I'm, I'm realizing more and more with my anxiety and OCD that I'm like, I need to train my brain to just not go into like deep stressed out mode. I'm like, at least you should not feel like an elephant is on your chest five out of seven days a week. Like that's just not, yeah. that's it's not no healthy. way to live. It's no, no way to it's live. not. And like, yeah. you don't even realize when you're that deep in that there's an alternative to how you can live. Like we're just, we are literally mm-hmm. just taught like suck it up, buttercup. Life is hard and you get stressed yep. out and it's, it's good to be stressed out. It's good to be overworked. It's good to be tired. No, <laughs> it doesn't. So when, yeah. like how, how far back can you remember that, that crushing elephant on your chest feeling? How far back does that go? So I definitely had like text test performance anxiety mm. what would happen is I would get a test I mean I think you all saw this when the, <laughs> we had a cards against humanities night in which um there was a oh wait no was it you or was it you're playing with other was people? this you all the the, the timer oh, oh no this right, one that one time like... that one time okay, we had a timer yes it was us it was yes. us. you could not okay, take okay. it you hated it <laughs> And, and like, like usually, usually Elise like like is like like Elise is the person to beat in Cards Against Humanity, and you just like sh- like you shut down. You're like, ah. I, well, yeah. Well, I actively shut down because I was like, wait, there's a timer. Why is there a timer? What timer is it? Oh the my god, timer was like the gone. timer was set for like like a full two minutes. By the way, people, <laughs> it was a full two minutes. And you know what happened? I never picked a card because I could not focus. And so just imagine little 16, 17-year-old Elise trying to take the ACT uh. multiple times. There's a reason. There's like a reason all of my friends had gotten like 30s to 32s and Elise was like down there at like 24. <laughs> and so it just, it was just one of those things where like I was never a good test taker. It was not the way that I showed how I learned things. Like I remember once in seventh grade. I think it was like the giver. It was like that usual like middle school book that you had to read. And my English teacher gave us like 20 different options to do like three separate projects. So you could write like an alternative ending. You could write a paper on like the themes you could like draw. And I actively remember in my head thinking this is cheating because this is too easy for me because I was like, Ooh, let me do these three artsy things. This doesn't feel like work. This should be feeling like work, but it doesn't. So I feel like I am, I'm, I'm cheating the system. When in reality, I just think like that's just how I fucking learn um, yeah. is by doing, which is I think why mm-hmm. I went into the arts. So I think that indirectly was definitely there. And then like throughout college, I definitely started having panic attacks. And I think it was because I was dating somebody. Uh, I was dating my high school sweetheart, which I think – I knew pretty early on was never going to work, but I'm an all in all out individual. So I was like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to stick with it through like thick or thin. Um, And I wasn't in the major that I wanted. And so I was just very down all the time. I remember my, my parents actively for an entire semester had our family friends, like write me a letter once a week to like, for have something for me to look forward to. And like, I look back on all of that now and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like those were all, those were all signs. Um,
And so I think the bulimia sort of came in between, I love my mom, but you know, mom comments. Um, and I, I think looking back, it was my way to have control of something. I did not have at the time the ability to, um, to speak very candidly, go the anorexic route because I have such a deep, like, relationship with food that I was like, okay, I pseudo have it two ways. I can eat the things I want and then immediately throw them up. And I'm like, quote unquote, right back where I used to be. There's parts of me that I don't know how I moved past that era because I, I look back at that era and I'm like, and I, I think it was unfortunately, unfor- but also unfortunately due to my dad's farmer mentality of just pushing through. I think that's sort of like, how I survived that part of my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some like gratefulness and grace through that, but like, like this is why I need a therapist. Cause I need to talk this shit out <laughs> to be like, <laughs> so let's all unpack all of this shit. <laughs> now that we're uh, in our thirties. <laughs> Therapy's good. I recommend it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I miss it. <laughs> well, I was one of those people who only went to therapy because I was in crisis mode but then like, and, and it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, if I had not reached crisis mode, I don't know if I would have gone to therapy, but I very clearly need to be actively managing my mental health. I have what is considered severe ADHD. It's high functioning, but it's also severe. And I'm like, that's not, I don't know what you mean, psychologist, but okay. <laughs> it's like, choose one, pick one, pick one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad that is just so you though. <laughs> you just have to go all out. <laughs> I mean that in the most endearing way, not in a mean way. You know that, right? I, yes, I know. Okay. See, well, again. I think that is why we are all friends. Like, that's like that alone is it, where it's like, yeah, our, we're going to go all in. Yeah, our anxiety levels match each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and life, too, mm-hmm. just like it comes, it comes at you fast. Life comes at you fast. To quote Ferris Bueller's day off. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally only know that from the insurance commercial. I completely forgot that that was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Anyway, um, there are, like, especially, like, I love you, especially, like, the trauma of a pandemic. There was nothing that my parents could have done to prepare me for the financial and economic fallout. And the the anxiety of watching your friends and coworkers just lose their jobs left and right and waking up every day, like... Like, is it my turn? Is it me? How do I, how do, like, how do, and my, you know, no one had the answers. No one has the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. being with someone who could help me learn how to cope with what was going on in my head. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing that could have, like, we should all be able to put like a gold star on our resume saying, I survived the pandemic. Amen. I think that should count for yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have a, a very interesting um, I hate that word. Interesting. You have like your, like the a transformation. What uh, a journey. Yeah. A journey of self discovery. Your journey of self discovery and coming oh, out. Yeah. yeah, your journey of self discovery. I'm trying to be respectful here, y'all. Um, oh yeah. yeah. No, um, like coming out non-binary and doing it during a pandemic. Like, was the response what you had expected, or was it affected by the pandemic? That's a good question. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit of both. Um, I had a lot of talks with Spencer about it in terms of my anxiety with 
the acceptance because like I had been on the journey of realizing, you know, I was pansexual because that was something that I had also like deeply buried for a number of years. And like, it's one of those things where a lot of people say like, Oh, it was always there. Like my, my like, Oh, interesting moment. Like apart from like wanting, as you both know, like wanting to be and fuck the Fox from Robin hood. Like apart yes. from like those moments and like those moments in childhood where I'm like five-year-old Elise was like, I don't understand these feelings, but like, Bro, okay. I love these. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like moving on. Um, I will never forget. I think I was a sophomore because I think my brother was in eighth grade and they did Susical and the cat in the hat was cast as a female. And so she was like, as the cat in the hat, you're in this like tuck suit. And for some odd reason, I was like, damn. I was like, yes. why do I, feel? I was like, why do I feel what I feel? And like, I'm a sophomore and I'm like, this person's in eighth grade. So like, I immediately go down this like, pedophilia like oh god like and like I am underage as well like but it's like I like I literally was so afraid of those feelings that I was like this feeling is illegal and like I shoved it the fuck away um like that's literally what I did and I pretended it didn't exist there for quite a few years and you know my my high school uh sweetheart was male and and my my spouse is is male. And so I think there was also this double fear of like, will people actually think this is just like for show and things like that? Um, and so like that was really hard to work through because I think I think the reason social media sucks is because I feel like you can't you you can't sort of get away from what other people's opinions are. And it's like I was so terrified of people thinking I was faking it or not being true to myself when I had never actually felt more myself was really hard and terrifying. And then um, with the non-binary thing, I always, I always also knew that like I'd always um, pushed myself to be like a tomboy. Like I knew that growing up, my friends knew that growing up, but there was always like something else on top of that. I wasn't like, Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen wearing like overalls and like the hat backwards. Like I knew it was, I knew it was past that. And I couldn't, I couldn't really come to terms with it. Like I, the thing that I also remember another Disney reference is I, I call it, and Spencer knows this. I call this the Aladdin moment of, I remember as a child wanting to be able to freely wear a vest and have my, like my chest freely exposed um and that being an experience I wanted and felt like that that was something I wanted um and so like those things I have since uh gone through and and as both of both of you know and I mean I I open was very open about this on Facebook I grew up with like two very different sized breasts like one was an A cup and one was on the verge of a C and I had never felt comfortable in bathing suits, never felt really comfortable in my own skin. So I was like, okay, the next step then is to get implants. And I am still like very happy I did that. Um, and there, there are things that I'm actively enjoying right now, but Spencer and I have already had the conversations of like, I know in my journey, I've, I've always wanted that mentality of like, not necessarily why not both, but like, why do I have to choose? Um, 
And so, you know, we've already talked about it, like at some point, um, you know, it could be five years from now, it could be 15 years from now. Like I know that top surgery is also in like my journey. Um, I just want to be able to actively appreciate my body as it is right now. Um, because I did wait like 15 years for this experience, um, with my chest. And I know that I will want that additional experience with my chest at some point. So I think it's very fascinating knowing that like all of the, all of the guideposts were there from very early age. It was just, we didn't have non-binary people when I was in high school. I mean, like we barely had, like, we're the generation that's sort of like, I'll be honest, completely shunned bisexuals because that's, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, are you in the closet or just like pretending to come out and things like that. And people believe that, yeah, yeah. People believe that, uh, by bi-ness wasn't a thing. And again, that was something that like, I, I, I distinctly knew. And for some odd reason that the things that I've talked about with Spencer about it, cause you know, he would ask me like, why did you never attempt to, to date women, like, you know, sort of like knowing, knowing that about yourself. And for some weird reason, mentally, I was like, and this doesn't make any sense. I was like, I don't mind going up to a male asking him out, him saying, Hey, I'm not interested or Hey, I'm actually gay. Like that would have never bruised my ego, like made me embarrassed for some odd reason. I was terrified of misinterpreting a female sign and making somebody else feel uncomfortable. I know I'm speaking Jackie's language right now. So like, that was one of the things like, I openly was like, cool, cool, cool. So I know one thing will make me a lot more embarrassed than the other. And the other one is a lot more clear to see. So like, I don't want to call myself a coward, but like I took pseudo the cowardly route in terms of like that. But like, again, all that to say, like I am beyond happily married to like, a cishet dude like that that is something that will like never actively change and he's been amazing sort of marrying um a woman and within a year of that you know really adjusting what that looks like going forward and, and being a complete advocate and it's a lot of conversations of like what are his needs and and what are mine because i know that i am taking things that he assumed would would be there for a long period of time, like I am taking away, like him being able to touch my breast sexually at some point, like that was something that was like, not initially on the table and like talking through those types of things and, and how do you feel? And it's just, and it's terrifying because it's, it's terrifying to be like, I know you say you'll accept me, but I'm also worried that I'm asking too much. I think that's been the biggest, the biggest guilt thing um, of getting emotional. I think it's been like being afraid of asking for too much. Yeah. Cause you get into this very self-loathing and selfish mentality of, mm-hmm. am I asking too much? Should I just sort of stay in the lane that I was quote unquote designed to be? Cause it'll be easier for everybody because you know, I've gone this far being this way. So like what's another, you know, X number of years. Um, I mean, like I now openly know like, because you know you hear about that with people who like actively transition and it's it's it is terrifying like it's terrifying to be like will you accept me like you both know like the the parent acceptance like I mean it's still it's still chugging along and I mean like it has gotten a lot better but 
there are there are days where it is still incredibly difficult and hard conversations still need to be had. Um, so yeah, sorry, I did not mean to get super that, emotional. But... No, it's okay. No, no, I yeah. mean, you know, like, you know, not speaking as a podcast host, but as like your friend, I think there is so much more to love, friendship, and companionship than just what what gender are you what sexuality are you um well and i don't think i i would never call it selfish to live in the way that makes you most comfortable and i think anyone who loves you would want you to live in the most comfortable way yeah in your most authentic self so that's never asking too much yeah i mean i mean it's obvious that spencer is crazy about you um (laughs) i mean like you know and, and speaking as like like you know like i dated I've, I've, I've dated a couple of guys who are bisexual and, you know, once I got past the, um, the stereotype, you know, like, and the, the fear of, of, of dating someone who's in, not just interested in women, but being like, this person chose me, this person like wants mm-hmm. to be with me, not just because of, you know, whatever sex organs I have, but because they love the person that I am. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that we just, we take for granted, um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think you're asking for too much because you are a, an amazing, wonderful, lovely person. It's barely an ask. And like, yeah, no, like, like you, yeah, you, you, this just, is the thing that it's, yeah. the, it's the way you live the most authentically. Obviously anybody who, anybody who loves you would want that for you. Yeah. You, and you deserve to mm-hmm. be loved. You deserve to be loved as you are. Um, Amen. Yeah. So Aww. also, if you don't want you crying on the internet, I can cut that out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm realizing I'm a lot more emotional person than I used to be. I think it's because I'm letting, letting myself, you know, feel it. I'm also full stop on my period. So <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> here we are. So like, I that's let, you, also, I let and, you schedule and, this. I was like, here's the month. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> I know. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it right smack in the middle. So raw, right so raw, and just organic. It's great. Okay, yeah. we can we can move into what was your self care this week, but very briefly, I'm gonna get on my patriarchy rant soapbox. Yay! We you, found one. Yes! Good. Because you said a fucking thing earlier that I fucking relate to, and it is the not being afraid of flirting with men, but being terrified of flirting with women. Do you want to know what the fuck that is? That is the predatory lesbian stereotype and being afraid of being that because we are terrified of making other women feel the way men make us feel all the time. That's exactly what it is. Yes, oh my God. I didn't even- I have loved when women hit on me because I know that when I say, oh, that's so nice, but like, no thanks. They're like, oh, okay, cool. And it's not some bro being like, well, why? Like, oh, you think you're so hot? You're so great. Well, I'm like, that's, it's, I struggle with it. I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to date girls right now because I'm sick. I've put a pin in men. I'm real sick of them. If you're new to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's so terrifying because I'm constantly like, I'm being too much. I'm being too aggressive. I'm being like, I'm, I'm being weird. And then it's just like, I've, I've literally accidentally ghosted people. <laughs> Because I was scared of texting them too much. Oops. <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening, and I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We were going through something. It wasn't about you. Well, we went through a pandemic is what happened. But <laughs> but it's that, yes, that, and it's such, it's such bullshit. And it all, it like, it stems from that mentality that like, 
by men are just get are just in the closet gays and by women are just like in the closet like uh in the closet straight girls we're just experimenting we're just experimenting we're just, experimenting. We're just having fun and just like the d mm-hmm. it's it there's a delegitimization of any queer attraction to women yeah that like god forbid it's on a spectrum yeah of sorts Anyway, yep. but anyway. yeah, that was my patriarchy rant for the Thank episode. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love that rant. Show up. All right. So, yeah. So, Jackie, what was your self-care for the week? Have I talked about the podcast Into the Twilight yet? No. Holy fucking no. shit. Okay. I know our listenership is not huge, but oh my God, everybody, you need to go listen to this now. So there's this podcast called Into the Twilight, and it is a former, like, tw- Twilight, like, the vampire books. Oh, no. It is a former Twilight fan and her friend who has never read the books. And they just go through chapter by chapter and tear this bitch to shreds. That is perfect. Like, we have all... amazing. It's... I... (laughs) I have been listening to it nonstop for the past like three weeks. I've like I I I like many have gone on the journey of like Twilight was part of my formative years. I love that shit when I was like twelve. Sexual tension was just sexual palpable. Te- you can't deny it. Sexual tension and Christian <laughs> ideology fetishization, just like all over yep. the fucking map. And like I and then of course I I grew up a little bit and I hated it. And now I've circled back around to this was a great concept and I just wish the writing had been better. <laughs> Yeah. And that's kind of where these people are. So if you ever have loved Twilight ever in your life, I highly recommend the podcast Into the Twilight. Yeah. I feel like the the movies even tried to fix it. Bro, and it just, it just fell on its face. K-Stew yeah. did nothing wrong. Yeah. No, we, we well, stand K-Stew in this house. It's interesting because I think about like that era because it's like you think it. You you try to think back, like, what was actually happening in the world when I was, like, 16, 18 when these things were happening? Because, like, that came out and also, like, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was, like, what was up during that, like, small time period? I was, like, what were, like, the housewives, like, We were all horny, apparently. That, like, we just didn't want to pay yeah, for a cinematic subscription, really. It just, like... Yeah, because I'm, like, there really hasn't been another wave like that. And those two were, like, bam, bam. Like one after the the other and then it was because 50 shades was literally twilight fan fiction fact yeah (laughs) anyway what was your self-care this week um i i i once again just threw my money at something hoping that it will fix me but i i paid for a full membership with uh headspace it's uh it's a meditation app um it's so cool though they've got like different courses like if you just want something that's like a minute long if you want something that's 20 minutes long they've got um like little episodes that you can listen to while you're walking or working out and I just I just really needed something to help me be present is the anxiety slash undiagnosed ADHD it's just so hard I didn't mean to accidentally diagnose you that one episode (laughs) She's not officially diagnosed you should yet. Ta- you should talk to a therapist. That's why a I say. Person about that's it. why I say undiagnosed. But the TikTok algorithm has yet to be wrong yet. Um, and it, it has been it has been such a great exercise with learning to detach my feelings and thoughts from myself. Because if you didn't know, you are actually not your feelings and your thoughts. Indeed, those are just survival instincts that we have been passing down from generation to generation, including whatever toxic, negative 
things you get from your parents and you can learn to not associate yourself with that. So I'm using, I'm using Headspace to help me with that. And I, 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 I just, yeah, Headspace, if you want to be a sponsor, that'd be great because I really, I really do feel myself though, like actually being able to like take a pause more throughout the day. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Elise, what was your self-care? So this is so funny that you said this, Julia, and this is why we're friends. Uh, my self-care this week was getting a meditation app, like full stop. And what I had done, because I'm a cheap ass, um, I had downloaded Headspace because this is where Headspace gets you, full stop. You can download the app for free. You give them your email and then they're like, here are the pay grades. And I was like, where is the free one though? And Excuse they're, me. They're there is none. There's <laughs> the broke <laughs> bitch option is the thing. They're like, you could do a <laughs> week, you could do a week for free and then pay, or you could do two weeks and pay more. And it's, what? Yeah. yeah. So what I did was I got, it's called Insight Timer, Ooh. which was like the other, like the other, like free one that I ended up downloading. And what I did was actively on my calendar at work at 3 PM, I just put like a 30 minute block, even though I'm not going to like use the full 30 minutes. I did a 30 minute block to do it at 3 p.m. every day because I'm like, I work for a few hours, I have lunch, I have a few more hours of work, then I'm going to meditate and then I'm going to finish the uh, the work day because I've realized I am most productive in the morning and I need to find ways to keep myself productive in the afternoon and allowing myself to have that mental break is going mm-hmm. to help. So yeah, so yeah we, are, we are twinsies this week. That's awesome. Leos and Capricorns, great minds think alike. Are they supposed to be compatible yes. friendship wise? I, I, we, we will find a way. Well, I mean, because yeah. I am. I, mean, I, I mean, am we Leo, technically have. I think I'm Leo ascending, r- rising. I'm Leo rising. rising. I'm Leo rising. I think and a Gemini Jupiter moon. ascending. So this makes sense why I'm friends with both of y'all. <laughs> actually, I think Rose told me I'm the the order is it's it's Leo, Libra, Scorpio. Ooh. I, th- th- I think that means Scorpio rising, which tracks. <laughs> yeah, that does actually. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, and then Rose is a Scorpio, so. It tracks. <laughs> All right, next time yep. on Weighted Blanket, astrology. Uh, astrology. <laughs> astrology and anxiety. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Elise. Um, I mean, we're going to be seeing you soon. So yeah. <laughs> um, where, where, where can we, if people want to find out more about you, where can they follow you? What would you like to blast right now? Facebook and Instagram. I mean, I'm rarely on, but it's uh, E.M. Davis Chai. Um, and I also believe my website is E.M. Davis Chai.com or dot org or Google it. Some, just, just Google, Google it. Google it. If you, if you just, if you just do E.M. Davis, you'll probably find pictures of me. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those are the, those are the things, but yeah. yeah. And donate to Broken Nose Theater. Yes. yes. <laughs> gotta, gotta always do a last minute plug. Right. Why not? Anyway. We're poor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, everybody stay safe, stay sane and same time next week. <laughs>